0: It's the amazing Rico Bronya podcast
1: with your host, Evan Roberts. Rico Bronya, How about a little bonus Rico Brogna? Bonus action because there's been a couple of MLB transactions that are worth discussing, including the New York Mets signing Jake Diekman to a contract, which pretty much finishes up their bullpen by bringing in Diekman, who my, my first reaction when I heard that signing was, okay, that's a regular breathing Major League Baseball player. And a typical reliever in that deekman has been around forever. He's got some success. He has some non-success. And the truth is, with relief pitchers, you have no freaking idea what he's going to do this season. One thing about Jake Deekman that I remember throughout his career, and certainly we will know this now as a Met, because he's been on a million different teams, is that Jake Deekman is not a loogie, if you will. He's not your typical lefty that comes in and just murders left-handed hitting. That's not who he is. He's a reverse split guy. So basically the Mets acquired a bullpen arm, the guy who finished last season incredibly strong with Tampa Bay, who can get lefties and righties out. And he's a real major leaguer. And the reason why it's a net positive, at least I think it's a net positive, is that when we've gone through all the different bullpen options that the Mets have and all the different ways they can kind of build this bullpen uh, throughout the course of this season, it features a lot of names that are just You don't know what you're getting. A lot of names of guys who are going to fight to be major leaguers. We did a podcast, and you should go back to it and refer to it from a few weeks ago where we did a bullpen breakdown of the guys that they had. And they were going to have to rely on a lot of guys who we don't even know if they're major leaguers. Over the last week and a half, they bring back Adam Adovino. We pretty much know what the hell he is. And now they bring in Jake Diekman. And while Jake Diekman could be, you know, I guess real shitty like he was for the Chicago White Sox last year and the year before that, he could also be damn good like he was for Tampa Bay. He's just your typical reliever. He's up and down. He's up and down, but he is a major leaguer and he's done it at this level. So from that standpoint, did the Mets get better by adding Jake Deakman? Yeah, that's that's what you got to tell yourself. It doesn't mean they're going to the World Series. It doesn't mean we're printing out, you know, playoff tickets, but it means if your choice for a bullpen spot was between, let's say, Jake Diekman and, you know, name the random guy that we've talked about. Jake Diekman is a proven major leaguer. So it's a fine signing. Would I have preferred Wandy Peralta? Sure. Wandy's been a more consistent pitcher over the last few years, but they had Jake Diekman. It's a fine addition. It is what it is. I certainly hope it's not the last addition. And you know, we talked about that on the last Rico. I still feel like there's a real importance to adding a bat. I think the bullpen is done. now. I think we should feel kind of safe that, okay, this is the bullpen. This is this unit. And we'll break down when we get to spring training. Now that Diekman and Adovino have been added, two guys that should be on the major league roster, what the rest of the bullpen will look like. Let me get to Corbin Burns now because this was this was a stutter. And I want to make something very, very clear. The Mets were never trading for Corbin Burns. The Mets were never taking two top prospects and dealing it for Corbin Burns. So I got this reaction. I don't know if Hoff had the same reaction, but I got it. In the Mets text chat of, oh, this sucks. How did we not get Corbin Burns? We were never getting Corbin Burns, but, but here's the key question Hoff. We knew they weren't getting Corbin Burns. Did you want them to get Corbin Burns? Did you want the Mets to take, I don't know, Christian Scott and Jet Williams and trade them for Corbin Burns? Would you have done that?
0: I mean, I I do like Corbin Burns, but I think that you can get him next year. I think that's the hope is that you can grab him next year and why are we we work so hard to build up our 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 farm system why are we giving away for a rental I think we've thought we've discussed that so many times over
1: but have I convinced you of it I guess is the real question because like do you agree that that would have been if all of a sudden we got the news that they were trading and I'm trying to think of the equivalent of what the Orioles gave up they gave up DL DL Hall and Joey Ortiz and DL Hall is like the 93rd ranked prospect And I think Joey Ortiz is not a top 100 prospect. So I think that my comparison is probably not fair of saying Jet Williams and Christian Scott. It would probably be more of Ryan Clifford and let's say another prospect that's not in the top 100. Would you do that? And I don't know. I could see it by Hoff's face. He's like, I think I would (laughs) have. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg. Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSC.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, because Corbin Burns makes you more competitive. I, and, and that's what Mets fans are frustrated with right now is we're sitting here. We're talking about, you know, bodies that they're putting in at bullpen. We can't add another bat. We can't do this. We can't do that. You're not spending a ton of money on Corbin Burns. You're just giving up assets. He makes your team way more competitive than anything else they have on the roster right now.
1: Basically. But but think about what the Orioles are able to do. In a lot of ways, the Orioles are where we want to be. It's the team we want to be. The Orioles were able to trade two pretty good prospects in trading for Corbin Burns, and none of those prospects are top five in their own system. Like That's what they were able to do, and they were able to do it coming off of a year in which they just won the American League East, and Corbin Burns feels like a final piece to the puzzle. He's not a final piece to our puzzle. You know, the Orioles trade for Corbin Burns under the idea of, hey, maybe we can win a World Series with him this season. And if we don't bring him back, hey, maybe we won the World Series. The Mets are not in that position. Like, I hope we are someday. I hope we are the Orioles. I hope our system is so deep that we can then trade, let's say two prospects from our system, barely dent it, and go get one of the better pitchers in baseball. But this this trade There's no real negative to it. I know that there's this assumption, well, the Orioles are now run by billionaires because Angelo sold the team. They're going to re-sign Corbin Burns. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, Corbin Burns is still a Scott Boris guy. So I don't think it affected the fact that he's going to be a free agent. He's definitely testing free agency. And he's going to be one of those premier arms that you're going to want to go after. You know, you're us. We're the Mets. The Mets are going to have how many open rotation spots next season? as we've talked about with so many guys off one-year deals, Corbin Burns is going to be one of those main targets, especially because he does have that you know, history with David Stearns. You know, David Stearns has the history with him, if you will. So I saw this trade. I think as a baseball fan, I was happy about it to see the Orioles making that kind of aggressive move. Certainly, if you're a Yankee hater, you got to like it because the Yankees' ability to win the American League, he's got tougher, I mean, if we're being frank about it, but more from a selfish level. I don't think it greatly affects the fact that Corbin Burns was never a guy the Mets were going to trade for, nor should they, and he's going to be a free agent. And that's a guy that, yes, during the offseason, is he one of their top targets? Sure. I mean, he's he's certainly one of the guys up there. So I don't have jealousy from this trade because I don't think this is a trade the Mets should have made or been involved
0: in. I, right, and I, I I don't think it was ever really realistic for them if you told me are the Mets going to bring a former Brewer to the roster? I'd say, yeah, I mean, Brandon Woodruff will probably be here within the next couple of weeks, but he's not (laughs) pitching this year.
1: Yeah, so the Brandon Woodruff thing, and the Mets have been linked to him, is a fine move. I'm certainly not against it because one of the concerns I'm going to have, and we're all going to have for next year, is – Who's in the rotation next year? Forget about just this year, but what about next year? They've signed so many guys to one-year deals that unless you get a couple of young kids to come up and establish themselves along with Kodai Senga, what's their rotation? So if you're able to get Woodruff on a two-year deal, you know that this year's kind of nothing. Like, it's very unlikely Brandon Woodruff pitches at all in 2024. So a move like that is a good move, but it doesn't help us now. It doesn't serve any purpose to pump us up for 2024. Um, I think pitching wise, they're done. Like they're they're not making another move. I still hold out hope they'll make a move for a bat that maybe the price on one of these DHs comes down enough where David Stearns and Steve Cohen say, Hey, let's let's do that. Let's make a move. This is still a lineup that can use another bat. It would still be very beneficial to add another bat. But right now, my confidence level is not incredibly high. And the fact that they're going to do that, what I get annoyed by is the idea. And I think Andy Martino is the one that reported this. Not that I always believe him, but that the Mets are saving an allotment of money to possibly use at the trade deadline. And what bothers me about that. And I, and I had this debate on the air this week as well is then why not just use it now? Now you're telling me you're not going to use the money now in case the Mets are good. We'll use it then. And oh, by the way, we're going to give up prospects to get whatever player we're talking about. Like, why would that make any sense? It doesn't make any sense. Right now, the Mets could use a bat. So why would you wait till July 27th to trade multiple prospects? And I'm not saying they're going to be top prospects. Who knows what the cost is at the trade deadline. But I remember two years ago when they ended up settling for Vogelback and Darren Ruff, a part of why they did that is because the cost. It was because of prospect cost. I'm not talking about money cost. I'm talking about prospects cost. So. I'm not even annoyed about saving the money for July. I'm annoyed about why give up prospects in July. I don't want to give up any prospects. Go get about right now to help this team so that you don't have to give up anything come July. If this team happens to be in a pennant race.
0: Uh, actually, and I, I don't mean to rewind with the to the Corbin Burns stuff, but maybe you can clarify something because I've seen a lot of people question it as well. There were two players going back to Milwaukee plus the 34th, pick in the 2024 draft. I thought draft picks were never you couldn't trade them.
1: Yeah. I think you're able to move. Is it
0: uh competitive balance picks? So maybe that maybe that's where it is. I'm not really sure th- how they got to 34, but yeah, I mean, Milwaukee was, um, sorry, Baltimore was a, a playoff contender. So I don't know where the 34th, how they pick a 34th overall. I, I don't understand how that, that fits. But, yeah, that's that's the first I've ever heard or seen a pick go to another team. And I just always felt like we always make fun of like Stephen A. Be like, dude, you can't trade picks. Please stop saying it. Uh, so, uh, you know, now the mistake is, I guess, you know. My, my
1: only understanding is that I think competitive balance picks could probably be moved. And because of the Orioles payroll, that's how they got it. That'd be my guess. I'd have to look into it closer. But obviously, yeah, you can't – we're not trading our first-round pick. This isn't the NBA or the NHL. But I think from a competitive balance standpoint, that's where you have the ability to do it. I commend the Orioles, by the way. Like, that's that's a big-boy move. That's a move, okay, we're going for it. Like, we're trying to improve ourselves. And I, I think, Pete, you said this to me. We were talking off-air about how it doesn't feel like a lot of teams have really improved themselves, that we know the Dodgers have. We know the Yankees added Soto. But when you really think about it, like, How many teams have really gotten better? I think the Cardinals got better. I think they were very aggressive with some of the pitching they added earlier this offseason. But it doesn't feel like a lot of teams were that aggressive this offseason. And a part of it's the offseason isn't even over yet. We have so many free agents that are still out there and still available. Like, I would put the Astros up as a team that improved themselves by getting Josh Hader. But even the Brewers, the Brewers are so weird. They just traded Corbin Burns. Three weeks ago, they signed Reese Hoskins. Like, they added that big bat. So it's it's odd that they go out and trade one of the best pitchers in Major League Baseball, and I, I kind of get why they did that. But then why they signing Reese Hoskins to a two-year deal? Like, are they going for it or are they not going for it? It's really weird right now uh, what we're looking at in Major League Baseball. Strange. Like, at the Phillies, what have yeah. they done?
0: Well, that's – I just keep on – I keep on hearing from Philadelphia. I know some – follow some people over there. They're pissed. It's like they brought in Aranola, and then that's it. They're talking about bringing Cody Bellinger in. They're talking about bringing other bats in. There's a – you know, whether it's pitchers. They've gone around the, the same thing that everybody else has. And this is my question to you, and I think we – I might have talked about it on another podcast, but it's been so mediocre – what teams have done. You keep on going back to the Astros. They just brought in Josh Hader. That's it. Now, listen, they're still a good team, so it's not like they they needed a lot, but that was their big and really only move they've made in the offseason. There's like 20 teams that basically have done nothing. Like, yeah. And that's because the free agent class is not elite. You had like two or three elite guys, and the rest are like, you're really going to play pay Blake Snell $270 million. No. And that's be that's partially because teams are getting smarter now. Like if the Orioles could do it, they'd sign core burns tomorrow to a, to a 10 year deal or a seven year deal, just but like lock him up. So he doesn't have free agency. Like that's what most teams are doing.
1: It is crazy to think Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery, Matt Chapman, Cody Bellinger. Like these are the names at the beginning of the off season. Not that we were attaching the Mets necessarily to them, but so many big free agents still haven't signed anywhere. It, it really is remarkable. Either way, we appreciate you listening to a little bonus edition of Rico Bronia coming up. Get ready for it this weekend. It's the big rewatch of Game 7 of the 2006 NLCS. Get the tissue boxes ready. There's going to be a lot of crying. Thank you for listening and downloading Rico Bronia.